You're listening to the Driven by Design Awards Wrap, Episode 4. I'm Mark Bergen, founder of Driven by Design, and joining me today is Lee Valentine, partner and GM at Hoyne. Welcome, Lee. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Lee, it's great to go have you here. And one of the reasons I've got you here is because of your current role, but also the longevity of roles that you've had. You've moved between being on the demand side and the supply side of the design sector. And that, to me, is really interesting that we can capture... How does, how does that cross-culture go between the people who are actually supporting or the people who are needing? Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's a, a part of my career I'm very proud of. I got early advice from a mentor when I was 21, and he said to me, you know, you can't just stay on the one side of the fence. He said it's worth looking on the other side, experiencing what it's like to be the client, and then come back to the client, the, the agency side as well, and you'll be better for it. And ultimately, I was... Uh, my last corporate gig was the director of mar- marketing at McGrath, and it was at the end of that tenure that I thought, I'm okay on the agency side now. I think this is home, uh, hence partner at Hoyne, and um, I'm I'm loving this side. I think I, if my uh, short-term attention span works really well in an agency side. So, do you find it that different being on the other side of the fence? Mm. Um, I always. When I was running my studio, I used to always try to sit on the client side of the table. Yeah. I never tried to sit on the other side of the table. Yeah. And I've got a feeling if you've had the experience of, of the different roles that you've had, you're probably trying to go sit more on their side to understand totally. their needs. Totally. I mean, I, I'm not the creative person in the agency by any stretch of your imagination. And so I act in the most part as the advocate for the client. I'm there to understand their business needs and that's kind of my superpower is I love the business part of all commercial uh, enterprise and I love to learn about a business and what makes it tick and then work out how we can help them do the the right solution. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to um, just uh, go into a little bit of a wrap of where I've been this week. I've been off to the the Sunrise concert by uh, Blackbird Investments. Nice. Really interesting to see people... Venture capital. Venture capitalists who are putting on a roadshow or a one-day conference to share some of the knowledge and the learnings that have come out of the successful businesses they've, uh, that they're behind. And they're sharing that information with everyone? They or, are. Or you're a select group? No, no. It was actually it was, uh, anybody who wanted to go buy a very reasonably priced ticket was able to get along. Mm. And you had uh, the likes of Mike Cannon-Brooks there from Atlassian uh, talking uh, a little bit about where Atlassian is but most importantly talking about the 1% initiative. Yeah. And uh, the 1% initiative was how do we actually go get people to uh, pledge that 1% of their company, 1% of their activity, 1% of their profits will go back into community uses? Oh, that's amazing. Well, I, I, I pledged a couple of years ago because I, I like the initiative. I'm, yep. I'm wondering why it's 1%. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we often do more yeah. than that. Yep. But uh, as you go into the sort of stratospheric numbers that Atlassian at, which mm. I think uh, their current market cap something like $6 billion yeah, US. extraordinary. So for them, 1% is a very big number. Mm. And Mike shared that uh, he learned about this model based off work that the team at Salesforce had done. Mm. So mm. the Salesforce Foundation have actually dropped an entire hospital wow. into the San Francisco market. 
So you start to go, actually, 1% can make a huge difference. That's a massive contribution. So I do encourage everybody to um, uh, who's out there who'd like to go pledge 1%. Yeah. If you need to know more about it, you can contact me, or if you know Mike, um, I'd uh, suggest you contact him. And then I've also been up here doing studio visits and enjoying Vivid Sydney. Oh, great. Tell me about Vivid. What's that like? Well, I went to the outer part of Vivid, uh, down at Chadstone. Yes. Um, I'm always interested how Sydney's expanding out to the west. Yes. And uh, it was great to see Vivid out at Chadstone. Yeah. I think they've been there a couple of years now. Fantastic. Wow. Mind-blowing. And you have, have you seen Sydney yet? I've seen part of Sydney this okay. year. Are you seeing uh, a difference? Uh, I, I think, actually... There's probably more excitement in the in the Chatswood because where they are around the Chatswood interchange space, mm. there's more dining opportunities yeah. for you, and you're you're in this little bubble. Yeah, it strikes that, me as more intimate. Yeah, there's an intimacy there. I was at North Sydney having dinner and then looking across the mm. harbour, lovely thing to go do, but I felt like I was a distant cousin. Yeah, yeah, like you're watching a movie. A little bit like that. Whereas yeah. in Chatswood, I was in it. It was gorgeous. Next couple of nights, I'm I'm in the CBD here in Sydney, yep. looking at uh, the rest of the execution that's yeah. there. Bring a jumper. It's going to be bloody cold the next few days. Look, uh, I'm somebody who travels very well, so I've got all of the all of the necessary things there. But uh, Lee, I also think you've been off to a conference this week. Yes, I, I spent uh, Sunday Monday at Arik 17, which is the real estate industry's uh, number one conference. They were celebrating 20 years um, when I was at McGrath. We, we were at the Eric concert on a regular basis. I'd been a good 10 years since I'd been there. And um, I basically felt like I attended a rock concert. It was 4,500 people, uh, all pumped up and ready to go. It used to be called the Ra Ra McGrath event. So it was. Um, so, sorry there. I, uh, that's, 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 the Ra Ra McGrath. Now, Somebody in branding got to it, I hope, and actually decided yeah. ARAC 17. Yeah, ARAC 17, the yeah. Australian Real Estate Conference. Yeah, so um, ARAC 17 certainly was a lot of fun. International speakers were fantastic. Uh, we had um, a, a gentleman called Bob who was actually at our very first ARAC conference. I say ours because I was there for a little while. but And um, he, I seriously thought he was going to have a heart attack on stage. He was so pumped up and passionate, and he was energetic for a full 40 minutes, uh, all of 60-something. And uh, he had the, the, the crowd in his hand, so it was fantastic. Um, James Kerr stood out for me, the, the um, author of uh, Legacy, which is the story about the All Blacks. Some amazing stories in there and some, some beautiful leadership insights that can just be leveraged across any business. So it was great fun. Well, actually, we're gonna, we'll go into a couple of uh, the spaces uh, that we, or projects that we look at later. And performance actually comes in there. Totally. The more I see people who are not picking up so much the adrenaline part of sport, but mm. the focus and the winning culture that's mm. associated with sport, the big audacious goals that sports people have. Mm. We want to go win some sort of cup. We want to go win some sort of medal. Mm. And they put eight-year programs in place totally. to get there. Yep. So very similar to a startup. So the people I was seeing at Sunrise yesterday, they were talking about what's the next seven to ten years of my life that I'm prepared to go commit to. Yeah. There's going to be pain, there's going to be effort, there's going to be strategy. Yep. I feel like I'm actually listening to the All Blacks team talking about how they're going to go win the Bladders Low Cup. Absolutely. It's a long-term plan that needs constant practice and great coaching. And I think we as corporates don't do that well enough. I think you see pockets of it here and there, but I love that aspect. And, and I mentioned to you earlier on, Hoyne's just implemented a weekly training program for staff on a whole variety of different topics from organisation skills to craft. 
And that, for me, just means that we're constantly giving our people the chance to be their best. So that fits into me. I look at there's the, the three drivers that, that most businesses are interested in. They're either trying to go built on profile, they're trying to work out how to attract either clients or talent to go mm. work with them, mm. or they're trying to go retain clients or retain staff that are there. So you're obviously working in that retention. Correct. How do you make sure that people know that Hoynes actually the best place for them to go work. And Andy wants that the people that work at Hoyne to have the best possible experience they can for whatever time they spend here. And we're really lucky. We've got some amazing people here that have been for a very long time, a number of people in their 10-year process already. And uh, it's, it's our job as leaders to make them better people. If they're better people, we have a better business. So I suppose there, there's that you're, you're stimulating an environment where you're creating opportunities. Yep. You're enabling them, and you want them to walk up and seize that opportunity. Correct. So that's Correct. a great result. Let's get into our nine projects here. There's right. a fantastic collection that we've got. I am always, always surprised at the diversity that comes in. I was surprised. I mean, this is my first experience with you in this in this particular podcast, and I'm pumped up. There was some great stuff I saw in here. Well, why don't we start off here with the Pause magazine by Fluoro. Uh, pause for those of you that don't immediately know it is an innovation uh, festival that happens in Melbourne February each year. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome event. And what I liked was that the team here at HM who have gone to support Pause have decided that they would not only give a publication that would say meet fellow designers mm. and where they were up to, yep. but they also gave them the surprise of augmented reality to I go take this, them further. This is a great combination of traditional and new technology. I love a magazine. I think that um, it's still got a place in our world, uh, and f- certainly in my heart, I love travelling with a magazine. And in this instance, to get the surprise of the augmented reality is just a really nice aspect to it. And I think there's so much more we can do with it. And we spoke about the conference aspect. It would be great if you could use this technology when going through my conference notes and then the augment the presentation came up next to it in an augmented environment. We've got great things happening here. Well, the reality is that, that that's now quite possible to go do because the team uh, who put the augmented reality together is Platter. Mm-hmm. Platter, and since Pause has been, have actually launched their own self-authoring tool. Yeah, see, that's going to make a big change, isn't it? So the idea that you could actually go and have your publication at the event, have the marker on the page, mm. and then post-event add the, add the presentations in there, Yeah, that's possible because of this self-authoring platform that Platter have got. For those of you that haven't actually seen what Platter's doing, I recommend you go download it, Set yourself up, be a user. I'm pretty sure there's a free trial project, uh, a trial option up there. It is awesome. And for the creative directors who are out there, project directors, these guys are waiting for a couple of people to go and actually really use their technology. Yeah, have fun with it. There's lots of freedom inside this. This, this to me is a little bit like when Avid brought out nonlinear editing all those years ago. Show, yeah. Showing my age here. Yeah. But uh, at that point, we saw that creative directors all of a sudden, they were now the directors in charge of the video clip. They yep. were in charge of the commercial. I think that's the point we're up to here. Yeah, with definitely. definitely check out Platter. There'll yeah. be a link on the, on the podcast so that you can actually find out more about that. Lee, what, our next project here. The Commons. So this was a, a fantastic project. The co-working space is going nuts in Australia. And I think what the, uh, the Siren t- um, design team have done here is bring together a beautiful set of ingredients to make a really um, powerful place to create new magic. 
So if you think about the co-working spaces, you're going to have a lot of young entrepreneurial people going into this, and some not so young. You're going to share some space there recently, soon too, Mark. Look, uh, thank you for referring to me in that not-so-young manner. I'll, I'll own it. Um, it's nice to be one of the older generation of, of, of the world. But uh, but what I love about the, about the workspace that's here, and I know um, we're seeing people who are actually moving out of workspaces just being commodity grade, mm. just enough. Yeah. And they're turning them into high performance spaces. Yeah. Um, the guys at the Commons actually, they're probably in the top third when it comes to the price per month yep. to, be in, yep. uh, to be resident there. And then those, the space is complementary to that. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel the first thing that stood out to me was the planted trees. The fact that you've got a real tree in an environment like this just speaks of relaxation and focus. For me, that's all about the focus. And then they've got the, the well-being aspects too. Having a spin studio and a yoga studio are just two very complementary aspects that mean that I can go to my environment. I love workspaces. When we talk about place, it's a really important aspect that I can feel like I can live my life and do my best work. And those two things don't get separated. I don't think we, when people talk about balance these days, I think we're finding environments where I can live that balance in the place that I work. So being able to exercise, stretch, and then go and do some good quality work sounds fantastic to me. Yeah, and, and I know that uh, uh, last year, Hoyne delivered a book into the marketplace called The Place Economy, Correct. which was all about how do you accelerate, uh, how do you accelerate and how do you get more through using placemaking. That's right. And I think here the Commons, Siren and the Commons have done a great job yep. in being able to create a high-performance co-working space. Yeah, we would describe it as they've got the social and the economics working beautifully together. Their, their library in particular is fantastic. We've got libraries in both our Sydney studio and our Melbourne studio, and they are the most used meeting spaces in each studio. Awesome. Why don't we then head across here to uh, to NAB, the National Australia Bank, for those people who are on the old branding, but uh, NAB Notebook. This project here is, uh, has uh, been executed by principals, one of your contemporaries in the marketplace, Lee. That's right. We won't so much go into the, uh, say, a review of the work that principals have done, but let's actually try to work out why is NAB gone and used a, a notebook as part of, a, of an event that they were running. I, I love the fact that they're delivering a printed notebook, something that I can hold in my hand and refer to again. And the fact that this is part of an education process about updating the team on the way the brand is evolving, I think it's a perfect solution. I'm so glad it's not a PDF or a microsite or on the intranet or something like that. So I think it's a really nice aspect. I think principals have executed the design beautifully. There's really nice language all the way through it. And I think it's meaningful to the way NAB are evolving. You've got some great stories about NAB. The stories that we've got about NAB have been, we've seen them, and this, this I think is a legacy that goes back 10, and I'd even say 20 years. Mm. So NAB, over the last five years, involved with Driven by Design, who have picked up some Design Champion Awards, we see them a consistent, a consistent player here across mm. a range of areas. And I'm going to take that back into the period when their former CEO, Ahmed Fahul, mm -hmm. when Ahmed was there, he made sure that design thinking, design strategy was something that was very strong in the organisation and design culture. Yep. But Ahmed actually got that when he was back at BCG and when they were doing work in the 10 years before that. Yeah. So we're looking here at 20 years investment of design culture yep. and the understanding about the transformative power of design, mm. now winding up being executed here in a notebook for uh, for their conference. Yeah, I think, I think what we're seeing from NAB here is consistent design thinking, and that's, that's awesome. Well, that I, the I, 
the understanding that a design intervention can go assist the performance of a conference. Mm. Tick, on, on you guys at NAB, you've done amazing work here. Yep. Let's keep moving on here. Now we've got a, a double project here, which is Kachuna on Hay, uh, the ACOR group in Brandworks. We're going to be looking at two parts of this project. And one is the interior design hospitality, and the other one is the graphic design identity and yeah. branding. Yep. Let's go into the interior design. So we're starting with a project here that's a little unfair for me to talk about because I love Italian food. I think the way they've executed these interiors has achieved a modern spin on what is a traditional Italian environment. I like the lighter colours and the way it's set up. The little nook that we can see in one of the photos, the eating nook with the shelving and all the produce there is fantastic as well. But for me, this I want to experience this environment. I want to see what the service and the food is like. That's just going to add to it because it's got all the right ingredients at the moment. I just want to see it come to life. That would be so exciting. So Lee, you mentioned that it might be unfair for you to judge this because you're an aficionado in this space. I actually think that's the exact reason why you should be talking about it. Mm. If this was a symphony, you'd know when a note was out of place. Yeah. And in this case here, you've got a very well-developed understanding to know when something may be just slightly out of tune. Yeah, and, I, and I think what we've seen here, the Brainworks team with ACOR have been able to work out how to go get that balance of past memories mm. and actually project that into the future so it's contemporary. Yep. And more importantly, give you a sense of place. So we come back to that place thing Absolutely. again. You're in a hotel you're away from home, you're detached, but they're giving you something that actually harks back to treasured memories, totally. something which is comfortable, beautiful work, I think. Yeah, you're describing an environment where we're gonna create new memories. And I think that in its own right is a big tick to the, the project. The fact that it's inside an core Hotel, which has got a brand representation, you, you trust it, you know it's reliable. And then to see something like this just feels a little disconnected, but in a really good way. I like that it's pushing the boundaries of what a core is in its current form. So we've seen a core who are great champions of a range of sustainability and environment projects, the Earth Hour, there's other aspects that they, they're involved with. And in this project here, we've seen that the designers have tried to go reuse parts of the construction materials Correct. that are they're being used elsewhere. They're reusing materials, Mark. And this, this for me is great from a sustainable perspective, but the power, the real power of this initiative comes for, for staff. So if we brief the staff on the reuse, so materials left over from the flooring reused into the bench top, then staff can tell stories of that to customers. And it just gives these little morsels of gold that could be shared that help make a person feel relaxed, make them remember something different about the physical environment. If you could tell where the product produce came from or this particular tomato comes from a particular vine that's in a location nearby, anything like that is really great for a customer experience. So I, I love that aspect. Yeah, and uh, through the amount of travel that I do, I stay in a lot of hotels. Mm. I see many that talk about their environmental um, standards yep. and, their, and their policies, uh, but I had, I'm yet to go see a hotel that has a recycle bin in my room. So yep. I suppose that would be after this execution of the, the beautiful restaurant space, I'd love to go see that they actually extend those reuse and recycling yeah, even definitely. further. Yeah, you want to see more of that. But let's talk about the brand part. Okay, so the brand here... I think it's interesting that they haven't gone off and said to a, a, almost an alien group to the project, go and come up with a brand. They've actually stuck with, with the team here at Brandworks and that they've said, come up with a brand which is going to be iconic and representing the values that we've invested in the physical space. Yep. I think they've done a great job. It's perfectly in, in sync with the interior. So I think that's a big tick. They've done the right things there. And I think there's so much fun they can have with this when they start marketing 
the environment. So, you know, outside of the hotel guest, you could market to the local environment, uh, the local customers, and get them excited about what is possible in this environment too. So it's, yeah. it's a big yes for me. And so often in the hospitality space, we see probably two-star or three-star um, graphic design that's been implemented. I think this has a lot of maturity in it. It's great to see Accord taking it up there into that five-star yeah. space. I'd so. be surprised if this is not a great success. So let's go across to our next project here, Accelerate Australia Rebrand by Accelerate Australia and Taylor and Grace. Yes, this is fantastic. Let's start by saying naming is the hardest thing we do in the branding world these days. It's so hard to come up with a new name. And I think to reinvent a business like this, not on the back of having to get new funding as well, come up with a new identity, a new name, and put a compelling story together to get new funding, which they achieved, is an outstanding first win. This project encapsulates what so many people want to go do, that they want to go take the, the legacy that they've got, the culture that they have inside their organisation, their capacity to produce strategy, which is about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. In this case here, the rug was pulled out underneath the organisation yep. because the auto industry disappeared. I was going to say, let's just talk about the auto industry. The rug's been pulled out from them. Yeah. There's no way in 10 years' time that we'll be driving a car from a traditional motor, automotive dealer. And I think what we're seeing is that the auto industry, which was uh, distributed around into a range of countries, mm. seems to now be based out of Silicon Valley, and there's about three companies that are doing it. Correct. Correct. So, so the idea that you can actually have a um, capacity to transform industry, our manufacturing industries, mm -hmm. to transform the strategy of, of other industries, mm. that's important. That can be carried forward. Definitely. But bring the auto brand... It's a little bit like saying you're the steam shovel company. You're not going to actually be part of a modern in engineering. Absolutely value. right. It feels like if they had have gone with a standard response, it would have just fallen over straight away. So I think Taylor and Grace have done a really nice job here. They've responded well to the brief. So let's head across to the Hume Bank website and the team that gets started here for digital fintech. Um, Hume Bank are a community bank on the border between um, New South Wales and Victoria and Albury. Yep. And I think this is a, a great execution where they've been able to go get them up to compliance so that you now would say they are contemporary in the market. It doesn't seem like you're missing anything. That's right. But there's still a big gap between what Hume Bank can afford to do from an innovation perspective and what our four major banks in Australia I was going to say, I think you're being very generous there. I think that a, a massive gap, maybe a billion dollar gap might be a better way to describe that. So Hume Bank are up against... The four majors, massive budgets, massive investment in R&D, and doing everything they can to keep us as a customer, to have a, a local community organisation caring for their people and doing all the right things, just the basics. I think you mentioned it before, you know, that you're taking the music notes and you're just playing them the right way. That's a really, that's a really good thing in its own right. Yeah. And, and what we're seeing happening in the fintech market is that there's a range of players out there who are able to white label their offering, which means that innovation, which is in in major banks in the world, mm. is now available as a plug-in mm. to people who have actually brought themselves up to contemporary levels. So yeah. I think for Hume Bank, strategically, they've been able to say we're contemporary, yep. and now they can work out how to accelerate the experiences, work out those niche areas for their customers. Yeah. They don't have to have a 360-degree suite like the other major brands, no. but they can definitely work out how to go find those sweet spots. Let's, let's not forget that they're focused on customer service, real customer service too. So having the website and the app do the right things is great, but you still get to do with the person. I think that's fantastic. That's it. Beautiful service delivery project here. So let's go across to Thornbury, uh, the Thornbury House. It's a private client for Bent Architecture. 
architecture. We see quite a lot of these residential projects that are just uh, nominated as private client, whereas mm. the rest of the work that we look at, there's brands associated with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen Ben Architecture in the awards over, over successive years, and the work that they do, actually, it just has this sensibility to it where they're not trying to go be monumental architects as mm. much as trying to understand their clients' needs and make sure they're addressing those. Yeah, I think Bent uh, should be incredibly proud to get a quote from the client that said that this fits like a glove is gold. I'd be having that on the front page of the website. So you can't ask for better than that. And I think the solution they've provided is meaningful. So it, it feels like they've got a client who's already thinking about design from the very beginning, not just buying an off-the-shelf home built, you know, a, a, a new home. And then to have this custom made, but in a way that makes sense, not only to its physical site, but then to the actual owners, to have that extra garden space and a few other things like that, I think it's a really meaningful solution. Yeah. And and so what, what I like about this is that we've got here architecture being used for the benefits that it brings to the project, the efficiencies mm. that are in there, the excellence. Um, I think this is, this is a great project. It's beautiful. They've, they've answered the brief and they've provided something that the client lives every day. And so for them to be as proud as they are with making a statement like that, I think it's a fantastic outcome. Awesome. So let's go here, and uh, and this is our last project for this week, and it's all about popcorn. Yeah, the one that's going to make us hungry. <laughs> Actually, I'm feeling like we should sit down and watch a movie after this. Well, we've got the big screen behind you. We could always do something like that. Um, having, having to name a popcorn brand would be bloody tough. We talked about this a little earlier on. Naming is really hard these days. And to come up with a new name in a pretty crowded category where everybody's playing and you've got some really big players in that market, I think they've done an exceptional job. The brand language through the packaging is awesome. It answers the brief perfectly. And then to come up with a, a SRT solution where we can get all the boxes stacked up looking amazing and immediately serve it means they're going to get shelf space right away. So help me out here, Lee. You've just dropped a bit of lingo in there. I'm not sure everybody is up into an SRT solution. Uh, shelf ready and I forget what the T is, but it basically means that the boxes can be put on the floor, opened up, and they are the shelving system. Awesome. So they can go at the end of a row they can and go they're the just speaking row. to the customers immediately. Yeah, yeah. So some would argue that they can go in the spaces that aren't that viewed that well. And some would say that this is the place where you trip over them and you find yourself a new product and away you go. So that means the team at JC Quality Foods have got a particular target in mind. They're not just boxing them up and hopefully they go somewhere. This has been a purposeful project. Yep. They obviously strategically know where they want to go to place the product. Yep. So they understand the needs for those clients. And then they've gone after the team at the contenders and said, can you come up with a, a brand name? Yep. Can you come up with a packaging solution? And we need to have it as something which is remarkable and rememberable. We yep. basically want people to reach out and that's the first product that Definitely. they get. You've got the strong visual and verbal language coming through. And you've got a solution that means that it doesn't have to go in the traditional supermarket. It can go in a whole heap of different environments. So this is a good one. Fantastic. Well, ma'am, I, I really like it. I think the idea they paid, a, uh, they got a play on an iconic movie yep. in there. Um, I, I wish I could have seen a little bit more of that coming through. I'd like to see a little bit more of uh, Uber Thurman. And that would have been fun, but uh, all in all, it's fantastic. Lee, you've given away far too much there. I'm not <laughs> going to continue on. So, Lee, thank you for helping me to get through our nine projects this week. Mark, it's a pleasure, always. So I've got a little bit of housekeeping I need to do here. Um, remind everybody, uh, in Melbourne next week, we have Den Fair that's taking place, the curated uh, interior show. For the people who are in London, there's London Tech Week. We'll have more events and details up on the website, so make sure you go look at those. 
We can't do this without our supporters in the community that are there. So Studio V, Deloitte, Butterfly, Lava and Absinthe and the community that's listening to this without you, Driven by Design's nothing. So thank you for your support. And uh, as I always say, be driven by design.